ladies and gentlemen welcome back we missed you i hope you feel the same but we are here and ready to go once again with the jwj podcast again it is your boy james and i'm here with my dude my best friend my man my ace the shooter on the wing mr shane how you doing this evening brother i'm kicking but not high yeah look it, it it's been it's been some trying few days right we struggling here um i'm so happy i will say I, i'm very satisfied that i um actually got my uh table clamp back from the uh the mic company they sent it pretty quickly i wasn't supposed to get it until tomorrow and um it came like two days ago so I, i'm thankful for that but of course in the meantime we've definitely been having some other obstacles going on along the way i know i know over there you kind of you know battling a little bit of a um uh, a little bit of a cough you got going on with over there right yeah man i'm i'm i got a pretty nasty cough going on man it's uh it's been dogging me ever since i'd say probably saturday and it's, it seems like it's getting worse so i'm just trying to get trying to get through this and and see where i'm at you just hit him with that ugh, you know it's oh it, it sucks i hate it for you but uh i look the, look the selfish part of me will say better you than me <laughs> like i hate it but we'll call it teamwork right uh, that's that's what i that's what i get for playing a tennis tournament in a million degree heat yeah <laughs> i feel you i feel you man it's look and, it, and it's almost like i was there supporting because saturday wasn't great for me either i think i spent most of the day in the bed man i was feeling awful i um i, I think i might have lost some weight that day and, and not willingly but um either way i mean we're look we here right we we here we're good and I feel like we have some uh, some pretty solid topics that we're going to knock off today, starting with um, we we haven't had a chance to recap the draft. We, we both gave our opinions last week about what we thought would happen, and I feel like for what it's worth, we were somewhat spot on. I mean, we, we did have a pretty big surprise at the top. But but outside of that, I feel like I feel like we were doing very well with our predictions from from last Thursday night. I, I think we nailed it, man. I, I thought we did pretty well. I mean, I don't know if I I don't know if I necessarily predicted uh, Ben Carroll going number one, but I, I did say that there could be some shakeups up there. Uh, Chet didn't fall, but um, we did get a shakeup with the with the number one and number three pick. So. Uh, you know, for the most part, I think we nailed it. I think we got we we did pretty well to predict what we did, and now now with the with the big move at the top, you know, that gives us something to talk about because I think everybody had Jabari Smith going number one. Totally guilty. I I mean, you guys go back and listen to the last episode. I absolutely had Jabari going number one to Orlando. I, I felt like he was the one that would fit in the best with them right now. But I think that, you know, there's this ongoing debate when it comes to uh, the NBA draft and when it comes to, you know, players, teams and what have you. There's always this ongoing debate of do you select the best player overall or do you select the player that you think will fit your team the best at the time? And, And I think that's what it came down to. 
I do feel like for what it's worth, both Boncaro and Jabari, I think that both of them would probably be interchangeable with those franchises. But I just really had something in my gut that was telling me that Jabari was going number one. And remember, I told you guys a few episodes ago, I'll say it now because I said I would always say it if it's necessary. I was wrong. I was wrong. I thought Jabari was going number one and he didn't. So, I mean, he did still go top three, which we both did predict that the top three would remain, you know, consisting of those three guys. Hey, we got Chet, right? <laughs> we knew Chet was going to OKC. But um, I definitely expected Jabari to go to the top. But I, I think that he'll probably fit in in Houston just as well. You can make the argument. I mean, given given where he landed, I mean, you, you could argue he was he's probably a better fit. You could argue he's a better fit for Houston than he would have been for Orlando. I mean, True. Orlando kind of had some had some guys that can do some stuff. They're getting Jonathan Isaac back. I mean, getting Bancaro, who's not the shooter that Jabari Smith is, but, you know, he does a lot of different things. Well, his versatility should help them. Um, I think with Jabari pairing a shooting big with some athleticism, pairing him with some dynamic explosive guards, like I think Houston really got it right. I mean, for them to, for them to, draft him there in, in Orlando, you know, kind of going with Bancaro, I think, I don't know. I mean, you taught, you mentioned like, you know, taking the best players available, that kind of thing. And I mean, you know, when you're, when you're terrible, like those teams are, you can, <laughs> you can kind of roll the dice and shape things up a little bit. And I mean, Paolo, Paolo's a really good player. I think, I think he'll be, he'll be a stud in Orlando, but uh, Jabari, I think that's that's the real move that I think moves the needle for Houston. I think that might actually accelerate the rebuild they're on. Not saying they'll be a playoff team within like two years, but um, they they kind of they they built they built things the right way. Getting Jabari Smith to pair with with Jalen Green, Kevin Porter, those dudes down there, like I think that that's the partnership you want. Like with Orlando, I think there's still some question marks, but. I think I think though that that swap, you know, definitely works out in Houston's favor for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I mean, kind of kind of on what you're saying, it's like if you're if you're that team that is going to end up at the top of the draft regularly, then there it, it's very rare that that one pick is going to turn you around right away. So. I, I I absolutely agree with you there when you when you talk about Jabari in Houston. I think that's going to work out very well for them because they're already on the up and up. I mean, even though Houston, we can't even really say they underperformed, but I'll go ahead and use that anyway. But even in that, even in that idea, Jalen Green showed out. So I, I think that pairing somebody like Jabari alongside him, they're they're going to be a problem I think that's going to be one of those those young uprising teams that are going to they're, they're going to surprise somebody like I see I see an up and up from them almost similar to what we've seen over the last few years in Memphis I, I think that they could be that kind of team where you get a couple more pieces around those guys and they could definitely be a problem in the near future um, so how many so how many wins they won they won 20 games last year so you think they, they bump it up to 22 this year or you think you think it's probably gonna be around 20 again no 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 no. you know what you know what 
I, I'm going to be very hopeful and I'm here. I'm going to go on record and I'm going to say, I'm going to give them 26. 26. I, I think that's a little high. I'm going to give, I'm going to give them 26. I think I would, I think I may, I may give them, you, you might, you might be on to something. I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 20, I'm going to say 24 wins. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give them look so so we put look we put the over under at what 25 I, I'm I'm sticking with 26 I, I think I, I think they'll make it at 26 now one now one one team in this draft that we don't have to worry about predicting wins about because we'll both win you know as long as we guess fewer than 10 is <laughs> those uh the that that team over there in Sacramento that shall remain nameless but as a Laker fan, I constantly refer to them as the Queens. Um, we we can look at what they did and we can go back to, you know, past draft uh, tradition. And based off the fact that they did select Keegan Murray, who I did, um, I, I do recall on the last episode, I did, I do believe I said that they would take Keegan Murray, but what that does is that actually low-key sets up Jaden Ivey of the Detroit Pistons for imminent success because there, there's been, you know, quite a few notable players that have been passed up by Sacramento that have gone on to greatness. So shout out to you in advance, Mr. Jaden Ivey. Yeah, absolutely, man. They, they, Sacramento, like we both, we both sat there. I think I kind of lean more Ivey. I think you went with Keegan Murray. I think we, I don't know if we agreed on Keegan Murray, but I think I said something like, I wouldn't be surprised if Jake Ivey was there. Yeah. The, the big, the big thing for me was that I said that at the time Sacramento is so guard heavy right now that I believe they would go with a wing, like a wing or a big. And that's why I went with Keegan. Yeah. And, and with Sacramento, I think the, the problem with this, and this is the vibe I get. And I think, I think you, I think you probably follow me on this, even though, we agree that Keegan Murray was probably the smart pick there. It feels like a damned if you do and damned if you don't situation. Like, I feel Definitely. like even though picking Keegan Murray was probably the right move, they probably didn't pick the best prospect available right then. Like, Agreed. if they were going best prospect, they would have went with Jaden Ivey. But Agreed. I think they went with – they kind of wanted a little bit more of an adult in the room. And, I mean, given – I mean, Keegan Murray is like, a, I think, 22-year-old sophomore. Right. So, I mean, getting a guy that's 22 instead of, you know, however old Jaden Ivey is, 19 or whatever. I mean, they they needed a guy like Keegan Murray, so he fits a positional need. Um, but they may have they may have somehow, you know, whiffed on getting the guy that was probably more talented. Yeah. So it's it's they'll they'll probably be, even if Keegan Murray pans out and, and is a, a solid player for them. If Jaden Ivey overperforms that and, and becomes the stud that everybody thinks he'll be, Sacramento is still going to come up on the losing end of this. Oh, yeah. Sa- Sacramento will be Sacramento. And that's uh, it. If if nothing else from from that interaction between the fourth and the fifth pick, something else that's definitely worth mentioning just just on that whole feel good, you know, more than a game moment was seeing Jaden Ivey actually get his name called knowing that his mom actually played for the Detroit shock back in the day that that was, that was a huge moment and something else that I saw. Yeah. So, so something else that I saw, I don't know if you caught this on social media, but um, 
not too long after he was drafted, Barry Sanders actually tweeted out and welcomed Jaden Ivey to Detroit. And he threw out this really random fact. He was like, hey, man, I knew your grandfather. And he said, you know, if he, he was like, your, he was like, your grandfather would be so proud of you right now. And this and that, like literally shouted out the dude's granddad while he's welcoming him to Detroit and even posted this in a tweet with a picture of Jaden's grandfather. So I'm like, it, it, like, just, welcome to the city. I'm like, it was a perfect moment for him. I mean, I, I agree with you that he probably should have gone before Keegan just off pure talent. But I think Jaden Ivey ending up in Detroit is a perfect scenario for him overall. Yeah, and, and Detroit needs something to be excited about, man. They, they've, they've been a, a poverty franchise for a while now. I mean, they haven't, been, they haven't been good, I mean, probably since, what, like 2007. I think they made the playoffs since then, but I think they were a first-round exit, whatever right. year it was. So um, they need something to get excited about. Um, they've done some. They've done some good things in the draft, and they've made some trades and things like that. So, I, I like what Detroit's doing. I think you need somebody to get excited about. Uh, Jaden Ivey's definitely that guy, and that that welcome I think is a good good place to start. You get some get some good vibes going to try and you know get the team turned in the right direction when they play at you know little caesar's arena hot and ready baby hot and ready five dollars <laughs> and for only five dollars <laughs> definitely absolutely Detroit trying to be extra most bestest next season <laughs> yes sir yes sir so all right so let's just go quickly if we could knock out because okay so so we've established you know, some teams that we feel like did it the right way. Like the Detroit definitely got a steal in, you know, Jaden Ivey, even though, I mean, you asked me this before we got on, is it considered a steal if he goes, you know, in the top four, top five, I, I still kind of feel like it is given the fact when, when I think about steal, I think about the fact that he still could have gone higher than he did. So for, from that, standpoint I do kind of feel like Jaden Ivey is going to go down as a steal of the draft um it, it's almost like if you think back to the whole you know uh Greg Oden and Kevin Durant it's like to me Kevin Durant was still a steal of that draft because of course we don't know what the future holds but then we saw how it ended up so from that standpoint I do believe that Jaden Ivey has the ability to be a quote unquote steal of this draft, but off the top of your head, bro, is there anybody else that just immediately comes to mind that you think like, is there anybody else that a team just really, really lucked up on? Uh, I, I think just thinking about it. I mean, I think San Antonio did pretty well. I mean, they, they got, they got, uh, Jeff Sochani got Malachi Branham. They got Blake Wesley. I thought those were three good picks. I thought they did really well in the draft. Um, Detroit getting Ivy and Jalen Duran. I think that's really nice for them as well. And then, I mean, OKC, I would say that they were a winner for me. I mean, they got Chet, they got Jalen Williams, and they got Jalen Williams. Um, He's so, the yeah, Spider-Man meme. Spider-Man meme all day. Um, and they got and they got Usman Jang. So I, I think OKC did pretty well considering 
the amount of picks that they have over the next few years. And I feel like, like they picked some solid guys, like they made some solid acquisitions. So I like what those teams did. Um, I think, um, I think Ivy was probably the one where I'm like, okay, like they did pretty well there, but also um, just in terms of maybe somebody that did really well and I may be a little bit biased. I think, I think Dallas did pretty well to get Jaden Hardy at 37, you know, buying their way into the second round, like before Jaden Hart, you know, Jalen Hardy went to, um, before he went to the G league to play for the ignite. Like, I mean, this dude was being talked about as a lottery pick. And I mean, he played, he played in the G league and, you know, he didn't, he didn't put up the shooting numbers necessarily, but I mean, he still, he still played decent. So, I mean, to see him fall into the second round for Dallas to go in and snag up a guy that was a potential top five pick, like, I mean, he still needs to, he still needs some seasoning, but I mean, yeah. you could look up and, and, you know, Hardy could be one of the top players from this draft as a second round pick. And I mean, look at Jalen Brunson. He was 33rd for Dallas back in 18, you know, in, right. in the Luka draft. So, I mean, you can find some gems there. I mean, Jalen Brunson was a proven winning two-time national champion player of the year, all that. So, right. I think Jaden Hardy, I think he's he's that guy that can come in and, and eventually be a contributor. I mean, he may he may even get a shot this year or next season. I mean, I, I think I think they really got a steal there for him at 37. That that's a that's a major bargain. Yeah. I, I think a couple of other names that I feel need to get thrown in there. Um we we kind of both agree that he was going to go around where he did, but I think he could help just given the youth factor. Um, Abaji, uh, Oche Abaji went at 14 to Cleveland. I, I think that could really work out for them. I mean, of course, they already have Darius Garland. They have Colin Sexton. I, I think that with the type of scheme that Cleveland wants with as far as their offense, I think that he helps tremendously. Um, another one that I think, was not necessarily unexpected but I think can definitely be helpful and we'll get into why you know given some other things that have happened just as recently as today uh number 16 AJ Griffin going to Atlanta I I, I think that I think that AJ Griffin could be somebody that could step in probably right away and help Atlanta because one of the places where Atlanta was showing to be somewhat deficient was, you know, in that wing area. So I, I think that AJ Griffin could really, really do something big for them. And, and the next one, the last one that I want to mention is it, it's, it's, everyone is going to say there's, there's no such thing as, you know, having too much of a good thing. And I think that that was clearly recognized in Oakland with the 28th pick when Golden State took Patrick Baldwin Jr. Uh, I think that the type of game that he plays, you already have a youngster in, in Jordan Poole. You guys basically just drafted a young Jordan Poole. And I, I think that Baldwin Jr., given, you know, they give him a little bit of time just to get acclimated to the pace of the NBA game. I think he's going to be just as dangerous as 
every one of those other shooters that's on that Golden State roster right now. If if Jordan Poole is a splash cousin, then they just drafted the splash nephew. I, I think that they just keep extending the longevity and he's going to be just as much of a problem eventually as the rest of them are in Golden State. Yeah, I like that pick for them. I like Baldwin a lot. Um, I, I Going off what you said about A.J. Griffin, like I really like him in Atlanta. I think they've kind of they've been looking for some wing stuff for a while. I mean, you know, Kevin Herter has been up and down. They already traded away Cam Reddish, like uh, what DeAndre Hunter is kind of there. But, you know, like you're, I think he's one guy that you could look at that feels like a can't miss kind of guy. Like he's going to be there and, and be a guy that can contribute from day one. I think he's got the pedigree. Adrian Griffin played in the league forever. So, I mean, I, I, I like I like the pedigree. I like that he's with a team that he can possibly get an opportunity right away. I think he's going to pay dividends there. So I agree with what you just said with those guys. Yeah, man. Now, going now, now the draft, the draft was one thing in itself. And granted, we haven't been able to chat it up in a minute. I mean, it's, you know, life gets the best of us. We've both been pretty busy. But um, the draft was one thing. But even before the draft, and now that we're right here on the eve of, you know, free agency opening up, opening up, another big thing that, of course, is necessary to discuss at this time is player movement. And um, there's already been quite a few interesting things that have happened uh, before we get into players with their options and this and that. I I kind of feel like I want to touch on some of the uh, the the trades that have already been agreed to. I I think I want to jump on the trades before I jump on the uh, the the player options, only because I think those player options will probably carry us into our next episode as well. Because I think that that's going to be you know going on a lot more. Um, first thing we're going to do, um, I actually want to jump in and discuss uh the movement with your squad man um because you know at least one of our teams has to be doing something that actually makes sense and kudos to you guys for actually doing something that's you know worth a damn um for those of you that aren't aware i i I guess i'll i'll go ahead and just quickly just you know graze the surface and i'll i'll let my man pick it up um what was this? This is it's probably been almost two weeks ago when the trade was first announced, but of course it couldn't be official at the time. Um, Houston agreed to send um, one of their star front court players, uh, Christian Wood, to Dallas in exchange for the number 26 pick in the draft this year, along with uh, Boban Marjanovic, who, come on now, um, everybody's favorite player, even if he doesn't play. And if you know, you know. Um, then you got, in addition with that, you got Sterling Brown, Trey Burke and Marquise Chris. So immediately, I mean, just, of course, I'll let you elaborate, you know, bro, I know this is, you know, this is your squad. So I'm gonna let you have your time, but just off the top from an outsider watching, I mean, huge, huge move for Dallas. I mean, this, this strengthens their front court. I mean, front court defense was something that was already there, but it can always use the help. So, I mean, this, this, this is a big move for Dallas, and I think it's only going to get stronger moving forward. 
Yeah, I mean, Christian Wood, I mean, he was he he actually there's a there's a bit of a connection to Christian Wood. He played summer league a couple of different times with Dallas. So they're familiar with his game and his his progression. So, you know, he's 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 6'10, 6'11, puts the ball on the floor, can shoot perimeter, he dunks a lot, he's a he's a rim roller, he can block shots just based on his length. I think he has like a seven one or something wingspan so a lengthy guy like a seven two i think i think Uh. yeah and he he's he's just a he's a he's a guy that can do a lot of things at his size i mean he's kind of he's kind of like christoph's porzingis in a way but he's he's got a little bit better drive game he's got um a little bit more as as far as being a rim roller for for the mavericks so i think he's an upgrade uh, at that position, whether he's playing the four or the five. Um, if he's playing the five, I could definitely see him in a closing lineup because they they used a lot of uh, – they had they had Brunson or Dinwiddie, whoever, with Luka. Uh, Bullock would be out there, Finney Smith at the four, and then you slot him in. I mean, they could go big at the end of games. They could go small at the end of games. I mean, they have, they have a lot of uh, dynamic – things there I mean they needed somebody with Christian Wood's skill set a guy that can put the ball on the floor at 6'11 I mean Maxi Kleba can put the ball on the floor he just doesn't he's not decisive off the dribble um I mean you've seen Kleba play I mean he's a guy that can put it on the floor pretty well at 6'10 but he's not a he's not a guy that's comfortable going all the way to the cup and trying to dunk on you off the bounce he's more of a behind the defense cutter kind of guy. So uh, having a guy that can make a play off the pick and pop, a guy that can attack closeouts at that size and do some things. I mean, that that's, that's going to be huge for Dallas. And I mean, giving Luca a, a talented dynamic pick and roll partner. I mean, no knock on Dwight Powell, but he was pretty much unplayable in the playoffs. He, we, we hit matchups mm-hmm. that he couldn't, he couldn't really stay on the court. And I mean, the teams took away the lob threat. Uh, he doesn't, even though he came into the league as a guy with some stretch potential, that was never something that Dwight really made a staple in his game. And I mean, he got played off the floor defensively, he's just too small, uh, not physical enough. And, and even though he's, he's mobile, you kind of need more than that, especially when you go against the Gobert's and the Jokic's and even Kevon Looney, who, who, you know, you know, kind of bullied him inside in, in the minutes he had. I think they needed something. I don't know if Wood necessarily answers all those questions. I think Dallas is still probably looking to add some stuff. But, man, you 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 add a guy that just – I think he averaged, what, 20 and 10 a couple years ago, 17 and 10 last year. Right. So, I mean, and he, and he shoots – he shoots 39, 40% from three. Right. At 6'11". So – you know, I think we're 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 used to we're used to guys around that size. At least one guy that retired a few years ago that could shoot around forty percent from three. I don't want to talk about it. Um, you know, so I mean, I, I I like the I like the addition. I think he's going he's going to add a lot uh, to the offense, and I think just his length uh, will give us something defensively, even though people aren't necessarily high on his defense right now. No, nah, and I mean, those, those kind of things will come around. I, I think it'll be fine. I mean, and just like you said, you know, I, I feel like I, I feel like there's a lot of teams in the league that 
are going to have to understand that like you, you need that power in the front court. You need some sort of presence in the front court to make things happen. And uh, another team that tried to do something like that with adding some power, you know, at least to the swing position, uh, Portland. So Portland makes a move and actually, you know, sends off, what was it? I think three picks, including the number 36 uh, this year, just uh, just last week, um, in order to receive um, Jeremy Grant out of Detroit, which, again, I think is a big move for them. But just like you were saying with Dallas, as far as like, you know, they're probably not done. There's going to have to be other moves to be made. If this is the kind of move that is expected to be a final move for Detroit, I mean, I'm sorry, for uh, Portland, I'm pointing fingers and laughing. And and you already know me, you know, as, as much as I love my Lakers, there are certain players outside of the outside of the realm that I'm big fans of. Everybody knows how big of a fan I am of John Morant in Memphis. Everybody knows how big of a fan I am of Dame Lillard in Portland. And being so comfortable and wanting to be that loyal player to your franchise, I get it. But bringing in a Jeremy Grant, it is a glimmer of hope. At the same time, if this is the only glimmer that you're bringing, I'm in no hurry to reach for my sunglasses. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I, I think it's a, it's a move in the right direction. Portland, Portland has needed quality wing play, especially across the guys that could play the three and the four. Like, I mean, they did okay with Robert Covington, but I mean, that wasn't enough. I think Jeremy Grant being the player he is, it's a good pickup for them. A guy that's young and hungry and, and, stepped into a bigger role with Detroit. So like you said, I like it in terms of, um, you know, it's a good move in the right direction for position need, Um, but they, they have to get healthy number one with the guys they already have. And then, you know, maybe make some more moves and make some acquisitions. I, I, I still don't think this move necessarily makes them, you know, puts them back to kind of where they were, where, they were kind of that dangerous team to, you know, possibly pull an upset or something in the in the West. I, I don't think it necessarily moves the needle for them there. They'll be better than they were last year, but right. Um, I think with the West just getting stronger, you know, Denver's going to be back healthy. You know, Dallas is going to be there. You know, the Lakers are there. You know, we still got to see what they're going to do. Like, yeah, it's all it's all health issues in LA, but yeah, we'll we'll get to that. <laughs> And I mean, Memphis is there, like Golden State is there, like there's so many teams there. I think Portland is just kind of, they're still trying to figure out what they got with Chauncey Billups. Like they're trying to be more defensive. So Jeremy Grant will help them there. Um, and you mentioned, so, and, and, and you mentioned Memphis. I mean, I feel like we got to throw in there too. They snuck around and picked up Danny Green. That big, big pickup for them. I mean, he's a he's another guy with a lot of experience, which as a young team, I think they needed. Yeah, his um, his offense comes off the running gun. That that's what I that's what I'm excited to see. I mean, that's that's the kind of offense that he thrives in. If you think about everywhere else he's been, you look at Toronto, you look at LA, you look at San Antonio, all these other places that he's been, he that's the kind of game that he plays. He spots up, he gets in position, he's ready. And I think that Memphis is a huge place 
I think Memphis is a big spot where he can just continue to do that and really be effective for his team. And 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 they they add to they add a player that can readily fit into their philosophy. They were one of the best defensive teams in basketball last year. Yeah. And they add a guy who is one of the, you know, maybe not now, but he has been one of the premier three and D players out there. So right. adding another shooter and adding another defender and with experience, I, I think say, that's, yeah. a, that's a shrewd move for them. Yeah, for you sure. said, yeah, you said that veteran experience. I was going to throw that in there. That's that's it's it's definitely something that's going to help a team like Memphis because there's really you have leadership, but there's a big difference between leadership and veteran leadership. And bringing bringing in a guy like Danny Green is is going to be big for them. I I definitely think it'll help them out a lot. Um, we uh, we we have a couple of other moves that have you know already been agreed to we'll we'll get to the the lesser of the two because i feel like this last one that we're going to mention is probably the 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 bombshell of the week um first off we we had the move between uh washington and denver so contavious caldwell pope is on the move again which you feel is like the millionth move for him until you think about who's actually being shipped out with him. <laughs> um, we, we have, <laughs> we, so, so Washington is going to be picking up uh, Monte Morris and Will Barton from Denver, which I feel like, I feel like I've already been hearing that there's plans to buy Will Barton out. I mean, we can get to that. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but um, in return, Denver will be picking up KCP and they'll also be picking up Ish Smith, who, Shane, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he's played for what, about 30, about 29 NBA teams so far, something like that. I'm sure he's I'm sure he's probably like had some type of talk with with all all <laughs> at this point. Uh, he's had a couple where they he's played for them multiple times, but we we talked about it before the pod this will be his 13th team in his career i think that's a new record and 15th move this this will be the 15th move 13 (laughs) different teams like we we talk about like guys getting traded and how it's a business like man i i'm pretty sure he's like look i'm like y'all i I don't even have an apartment like I'm, I'm just chilling <laughs> at the Super Eight real quick. Like for real, because I could be on the move like tomorrow. Like mm-hmm. I think he, I would love to know, like guys like him and guys that have just played everywhere. Like thirteen teams, fifteen <laughs> moves, and I mean, like he's been everywhere. It, oh, it's insane. Man. Like he's played for, and it's not even just a one conference thing. He's been on both sides. I think. I think the first three teams he played for were all in the West, and then after that, a majority were in the East. So he's been all over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's he's well traveled. I mean, there's other guys in the league that have played for a bunch of teams. Jeff Green comes to mind. I think he's on Denver. Definitely, so, definitely. Uh, so I'm I'm sure they can try. They can share plenty of travel stories between the two of them for sure. <laughs> Uncle Jeff probably got a bunch of them. So. They'll, they'll, I'm, I'm, they'll I'm share. Ready to figure out who, who's who's gonna get moved next. Look, they'll they'll share houses like uh, what was it uh, Kuzma and and Josh Hart? They, they'll just they'll just exchange houses. They can just be roommates. Be like, look, if he, <laughs> he's done with it, 
just 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 be roomies, man, because they they're <laughs> they're the most well traveled guys in the league, I think, at this point. Oh man. Like and it is it, kudos, man. But just look, just like you say, look, we're gonna come up with our own nickname right here tonight. We we say that, you know, of course, we understand the NBA is a business. And if that man ain't the epitome, look, Ish Smith's new nickname is Dollar Bill. That's that's we we gonna we're gonna call him Dollar Bill because at the end of the day, that's what these teams are all about. And clearly you are a pawn in the moment. So shout out to you, Ish. And congratulations to being moved around once every six months for the last eight, nine years. You know, shout out to you. But uh, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the, <laughs> oh, I'm trying to be nice. I promise. I promise. And, but, no. I mean, and, and that's not, and I'm sure he may have even had a stretch where he wasn't even in the league at all. So it's like he probably yeah. was playing somewhere else and then came yeah. back and was getting passed around again. So. Yeah, I think I think early on, I think it was after that West that that Western Conference stretch. I think he was over in like Asia or something for at least a year. Like it's been all over. I mean, hey, shout out to World Travelers, man. Look, if I was good enough on the court <laughs> to to get to see multiple cities on a regular and get to travel the world, I ain't hating. I'm, I'm not mad at him. But, what I'm uh, saying is, if anybody's listening to this that does documentaries or anything like that ish smith would be a nice subject i think y'all should hit him up and see about that i'll plug myself hey ish oh, you yeah. like you want to bang out a book about this about your journey in the league uh holla at one of us because i mean we we'd love we'd love to have a chance to help you tell that story because i think oh no no man don't holler at one of us man holler at both of us because we're we gonna start up the production company we're gonna write the book and we're gonna produce we're going to produce the documentary. We got it on lock here, man. JWJ is going to expand to everything. Y'all be ready. Thank you for being here for the ground roots, the grassroots, okay? We're going to do it all. Just make sure y'all stay here. Now, one last trade, Shane, that I need to get into. And to me, honestly, this one is the biggest so far. We got to talk about what went down with Atlanta and San Antonio today. Now, this, 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 this was major for a number of reasons. So if you guys haven't heard yet, go check on ESPN, go check on NBA.com, whatever, because I feel like this was a move that we all kind of saw coming. But I think that once we saw the details, it's a little mind blowing and not in the way that you would expect. So let me just break it down to you real quick. The Atlanta Hawks just boosted their roster tremendously. Um, Recent all-star DeJounte Murray is on his way to Atlanta, Georgia to play alongside Trey Young. Now, in return, San Antonio will be picking up Danilo Gallinari And both Shane and I can share our, you know, love slash horror stories with Gallo. Um, We, we, (laughs) so Gallo is on his way to San Antonio along with one future draft swap and three first round picks. Two of those three picks are unprotected. Let me explain to you what that means. So, 
typically if you have a pick that's protected, let's say that I agree to a trade with Shane, but my trade is going to be top four protected. What it means is that trade has to fall within a certain range or that trade is not going to happen that year. There's going to be other accommodations that happen after the fact. With a trade being unprotected, with you getting an unprotected pick from someone, it means that no matter how good I do in that year, no matter how bad I do in that year, wherever my draft position falls that year, it belongs to you. So that is a big, big deal. It's not very often that you see a team willing to give up multiple unprotected picks. Now, this is huge for Atlanta, but Shane, we talked about it earlier. I'm sure you can agree. In my opinion, as dope as DeJounte Murray is, this move to me is actually a huge, huge win for San Antonio. Yeah, and and big reason is, I mean, they are offloading contracts. So, I mean, they're, they're probably looking, they're probably going to lose some more guys that are heavy lifters for them. I've heard Jakob Pertl being mentioned in a lot of things. Um, you know, they've, shipping DeJounte is probably the start of a mass rebuild for San Antonio. And I think it's, it's the sooner, the better for them. They'll yeah. probably, they'll probably buy out Danilo Gallinari. I, uh, I think, so. I think Gallo could definitely help a contending team. Uh, but man, DeJounte Murray and Trey Young, I think that that's an awesome, I think they complement each other's game so well because DeJounte's a big guard. Definitely. And defend, do a lot of things. I mean, he could probably set things up and they could probably move Trey off the ball a little bit more. Um, it would be interesting to see how, how that works with Trey playing off the ball more. But, you know, they've been waiting for that backcourt made. I mean, they thought it would be Kevin Herter who hasn't really panned out the way they thought. I mean, we were thinking this was like, you know, golden state of the East. I mean, you had, you had your Curry starter kit with Trey young. You had your clay Thompson with, with my favorite nickname in the league, red velvet, Kevin Herter, Um, (laughs) but to get DeJounte Murray, a guy who just made the all-star game, like to pair with Trey young, I think that kind of, opens their window up a little more. I think they needed to get Trey a running mate, you know, that with John Collins expected to not come back to Atlanta uh, to be probably shipped out. You know, they got to, they got to get some more pieces, but I think adding a DeJounte Murray kind of prize open uh, that window a little bit more. uh, I mean, they were just in the Eastern conference finals. What, you know, what, last year, right? So yeah, just last season. Um, you know, they went from from being a team that you know looked like they were about to take the next step, and then they had a step back. Yeah. Um, you could you could make the argument that as well as they played, some of it could have been a little bit fluky. Um, I think people uh, a similar situation to compare that to maybe Dallas this year. Uh, there was a lot of things that happened. Dallas wasn't expected to make the conference finals. They did. Um, Dallas also made some move or making moves now that I'm sure we'll get to in a little bit, but, you know, Atlanta with the East being the way it is, 
you know, you're going to get Brooklyn's in flux. We don't know how that team is going to look. Philly's going to be there. Milwaukee's going to get Chris Middleton back. Miami's there, like Boston. So there's plenty of, there's plenty of room for them to kind of fit into that mix. DeJounte Murray is, is a bona fide stud. So I think Atlanta was good to get him. And now we need to see what other moves they make. Cause that'll, that'll determine if they can, be a team that could possibly make another deep run in the playoffs or not. Now, and I think, and then while you talk about, you know, everything that's going to be happening during the off season, we've gotten a lot of that already. Um, like we, you know, the trades have been a big deal, but just in the last, what, 48 hours or so we've gotten, you know, major news throughout the league, but especially, in the Eastern conference um, there, there were the big talks about Kyrie Irving, not wanting to take his uh, not, not wanting to pick up his player option, which, you know, he would have been making about what 36, 37 mil, you know, there, there were the big yeah. talks that, that he wasn't going to take that. And then he'd possibly take that, that, you know, the 6 million, the vet, the vet minimum over in Los Angeles with the Lakers and, for what it's worth. I don't care what y'all say. You can hate me. I'm glad that he decided not to do it. Kyrie decided to go ahead and pick up his option and stay in Brooklyn, which similar to quickly throwing it back across the country with um, Russell Westbrook, picking up his option in LA common sense. I mean, who's going to turn down that kind of money? Uh, a lot of these guys are going to say that they want to, you know, they're, they're in it for the, they're in it for the wins. They're in it for the game and this and that. You're not going to turn down that money. You're, you're out of your mind if you do. So I will say shout out to Kyrie for doing what you did. I'm glad you're not bringing it to LA quite personally because they, they, the, a constant notion is the fact that, you know, teams want to say that we're not paying you for what you've done we're paying you for what we believe you can do it's still a realistic notion that we're going to base it off of what you've done and there's a reason that once Brooklyn turned Kyrie loose to go figure out his own sign and trade option nobody was interested there, there's okay. a reason there there's a reason for that so Kudos to you, Kyrie, for finally wising up. Go get your money. <laughs> Go get your money. And, you know, so so Kyrie opts in. Um, I think that another, I think another really big one that I'm kind of laughing at only because he's going, you know, to, even though it's in the same town, I'll call it the sister city, is um, John Wall. Uh, John Wall reaches a buyout with Houston um almost immediately announces that he's going to be signing in LA but you know with the lesser of the two teams so it i'm always going to leave myself scratching my head about you know who's going to go to the clippers on purpose but that's just my personal bias um <laughs> I, I i could babble all day on this but as as far as the Kyrie move Shane, I, I'm going to hit you with that one. As far as Kyrie and the choice that he made, are you with him? You for it, against it? How how do you feel about the decision that Kyrie made? Was that today or was that yesterday? I feel like that was earlier today, wasn't it? I think it was like two days ago. I think it might have been Monday. Okay. So, but 
I think it was I think it was a good move for him. I mean, the market for him was very, very shallow. Like there weren't many, there were a few teams that kicked the tires on it, but I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, he's a, with all his talent, greatest ball handler the game's ever seen. I'm willing to say that like his, his, his talent is unquestioned. It's the, it's the between the ears, it's the mindset and everything else. I mean, he's, he's, he's often injured. Um, and then when he was healthy, I mean, you had the whole fiasco with, you know, him not being available, not getting vaccinated, that kind of stuff. I mean, that's his choice, but I mean, you know, it's just, it's just, he's kind of, he's kind of flaky. I mean, you, you don't know what you're going to get. And I think if you're going to be investing that kind of money in a guy, you need to know like, okay, I can count on this dude. He's not, he's not about to just bail. Um, I, I think, I think him, him choosing to run it back. I think it's a bit of a, he could have taken a massive, massive pay cut and I wouldn't have done it. Uh, it's $36 million. Uh, if, if somebody's going to be paying you that and you have a chance to opt in, unless, unless you plan on taking a discount, uh, maybe not a substantial one, but unless you're trying to, you know, help the team out and give them some flexibility, I wouldn't take a $30 million pay cut for anybody. Um, I think him running it back, the chance of them getting Ben Simmons back, playing basketball and possibly helping them. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot to him going back to Brooklyn actually kind of keeps them in the conversation. Cause I think him being there, Katie being there, Simmons, uh, you know, a healthy Joe Harris. I think that's big. People um, Joe Harris. I think their ceiling now with those guys in the fold, they can still be a finals team. They could still be the team that makes a deep run. Um, the floor. That I'm sorry. Nah, I said Nick Claxton. Yeah, yeah that's, Nick that's Claxton. Another, that's another one. Yeah, you I feel, know, like, I feel like he goes. I, mean, I feel like he goes very far under the radar sometimes. Absolutely. I mean, he's he's a he's a young dude that that wants to see the floor. I think their ceiling is they can get to the finals. They could be an Eastern Conference finalist team. Uh, their floor is they end up the same way they were this year um, because of injuries, uh, guys maybe not playing well. If KD gets injured, anything like that. Um, I think that their floor is them being as good as they were this year, where it's it's still people in and out of the lineup. You're not sure what you're going to get from guys. And then, I mean, there's other questions. I mean, you have Steve Nash. It'll be year two for him. So I think mm-hmm. he's, he's going to try to put more of his imprint on the team. Um, I don't know if that imprint will involve defense whatsoever, but <laughs> I love my guy Steve. He's, well, one my, I mean, he's one of my favorite players ever. Well, I mean, he did he did play under Dan Tony, so that's that's not a that that's not a very loving sign when it comes to the defensive end. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I, I like I said, I, I I think Kyrie going back there definitely definitely keeps them in contention. I think had he left, you would have a lot more questions in Brooklyn. Does KD stay? Does he request a trade? We had people posturing, looking at you, Dame, about coming to Portland and team up. I'm like, well, I think it should be the other way around. I think KD would have had to be the one posting the Instagram saying, hey, why don't you come to Brooklyn? Agreed. I would rather stay in Brooklyn and have Dame come to me 
than to go all the way across the country to play for a smaller market team. Like, mm-hmm. I think Dame joining KD would have been a better call than KD leaving to go play in Portland, but that's just me. No, I totally agree. I, I 100% agree. I, I don't think, I don't think there is any benefit at this point for a guy like Durant to go, like you said, to a smaller market. And that that's something else that we can touch on on a later episode as well. But um, like I said, as big of a fan as I am uh, of, of Dame, I, you're going to have to wise up. You're going to, something has to happen. That's probably not going to happen in Portland. I mean, let's just be real. I mean, it, it it's like, we were talking about this earlier. I mean, we were talking about Bradley Beal opting out with Washington. Mm, yep. Like that situation either. It's it's a weird situation. We were talking about this before the pot, like opting, opting out is the worst possible thing that he could have done. Like him, him opting in. If he opts in, it's like, okay, yeah, get paid. Like he he's been the face of the franchise the last few years. Like, okay, cool. I get that. Now, if him opting out, he can still re-sign with Washington. For less money now, because it'll be for a longer deal. And But it's like, yeah, it, it, it's either for flexibility or he's going to switch teams. Now, I, I'm not a proponent of, if I'm playing in a place where not, not many people really want to play in the first place, I don't You're know if right. I want to give a pay cut on a team that's basically like basketball Siberia, like people like they are one end up in Wa- nobody, nobody goes to Washington on purpose. <laughs> like that just doesn't happen. You, you get traded there or it's, like, it's funny because it's true. It's funny because it's true. Ish Smith played there more than once. <laughs> and I don't even think he was, I, I, he, he was probably just looking to stick in the league. I don't know if he necessarily chose Washington either. So he didn't choose anywhere. <laughs> he, did, he just kind of meandered about and they were like, hey, you want to hoop? He's like, look, he's like, I'm in the league. Y'all want me to play where? I bet. <laughs> he, he's he's basically that dude. Like, he doesn't necessarily pick a team, but he's like there if you want to run fives. So he's like that dude that's just always got his <laughs> sneakers. So like, that's him. That That's Ishmael. So like. But but going back on it, I don't want to get too off topic. Like Beal opting out, either he takes less money and stays with Washington, which I don't think is a good move. Not at all. He tries to go somewhere else. And I think him going somewhere else would be better. I mean, because I mean he doesn't have, I mean, they got they got Christoph Porzingis there. They got a few guys in Washington, but let's be real, they're not they're not contending there. And yeah. Either either he wants to go the Dirk Nowitzki route and he wants to be that guy for Washington. I, I just don't – if you really want to win, I think you got to get out. I think it's the same way with Dame in Portland. It's like he's about to take a two-year uh, extension worth $100 million. Like, at some point, dumb, you got to put your money where your mouth is. If you're going to say, okay, I'm, I'm willing – I want to win, but I want to do it here – if the team isn't like making moves that are setting you up to win now, you're just wasting your prime. So, you know, with Brad Beal, it's the same deal. It's like dude's been averaging 25 or whatever, and he's playing on these teams that aren't even like sniffing the playoffs. So if if I'm if I'm Brad Beal, 
what I do is I opt in and I demand a trade. That way I get my money and I can still go somewhere. And even on the team's side of that, now that you've given me this money, you're going to get that value back. So to me, it just makes the most sense to opt in. It's like now if you opt out, now you're basically at the whim of what any other team is willing to pay you. And if they see that this team wanted to give you this and you turned it down, I'm sitting in the front office like, (laughs) what am I going to give it to you for? Why should I? So I just feel like he put himself in a really bad position there. I got to I got to throw something really funny at you, though, Shane, um, that I just realized the other day. And of course, you know, college play is involved in all of this. But there was at some point. I was listening to the radio and I heard, uh, you know, I heard the, the, the folks on the radio talking about um, about Brad Beal and. Malcolm Brogdon came into the conversation. Now, the, the, the funniest thing, and it just totally threw me off because, of course, college experience, these dudes were drafted four years, apiece, like four years apart from each other. Do you know that Bradley Beal and Malcolm Brogdon are the same age? You're kidding, right? I'm dead serious. They are both 29 years old. Sheesh, man. That so that means that Bradley Beal came out of Florida. What after like what a couple years, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I, bro, I, my mind was blown when I heard on the radio that the two of them were the same age. I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" I was like, "Bradley, Beal, like at this point, it feels like Bradley Beal's been in the league for at least like fifteen years. Like it feels like, he- like it, it's crazy. <laughs> like, yeah, it feels like he's been in the league forever. Yeah." He played with John Wall, which it's like we we just touched on John Wall. It's like John Wall feels like he's been in the league forever. And he played with Beal, and Beal feels like he's been in the league like a 15-year veteran by this point. So like that that's that's pretty wild, man. But I'm like mind blown, bro. I was like, what is really going on right now? Yeah, man. I I think just one more thing with the Beal thing. He he'll have no shortage of suitors. I think. He, he'll be willing to take less money, not too well, much. At this, at this point, he doesn't have a choice. Well, yeah, soon, I mean, soon as he, as soon as he opted out, he doesn't have a choice now. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, he can, he can still get paid. I mean, it, it's, it's like, we'll, we'll get, we'll get to Jalen Brunson in a minute, but it's like, you know, he, he's in a situation where, you know, he can kind of control his destiny. You know, if he takes a pay cut and stays in Washington, I think that's that to me, that's a worse move than just him opting out. I mean, if he opts in, cool, because that means you're you're locked up or whatever. But him opting out, either you're going to give them financial flexibility or um, there's still a sign and trade possibility. You'd just be signing for less. I think I think mm-hmm. he should I think he should he should bail now. Agreed. You know, because if he opts in, I mean, that probably eliminates the sign and trade. Him opting out probably opens up a sign and trade opportunity because it's going to be different money. But, you know, you'll have a team that would probably be willing to give up some assets to get him. So I would like to see him on a team that that is actually worth a damn. Uh, if he stayed in Washington, I mean, if they if they were able to acquire some role players, maybe like maybe they could do something. But they're not close to contending in the East. Uh, 
you know, with, with the roster they have. So hopefully, you know, whatever he decides to do or whatever happens is good for him. Cause Brad Beal's like one of the best dudes in the NBA. I, I think him in a good situation is what he deserves. Now we talked about his, his former running mate, John Wall. Now, 31 years old, hasn't played in, in the NBA game since April 23rd of 2021. Now, <laughs> he's only played 40 games since the 2018-19 season. He missed all of the 19-20 season with injury, and he missed all of this past season because Houston said, stay home, we don't, we don't want you, you know, affecting our chances to get a draft pick. So <laughs> that happened. And now, you know, he's, he's got an opportunity to go to the Clippers, who last year overachieved with the roster they had. They had a lot of injuries. PG missed a lot of time. They missed Kawhi for the whole year. Right. Shout out to Ron Lou for pulling out one of the best coaching jobs in the NBA last season to get the Clippers in, in, in somewhat of a playoff conversation. Former Laker. I love him. Shout out, shout out to him. So I think um, if, if John Wall is healthy, this is a guy that has two-way potential. Now he's one of the fastest players in the league. It'll be interesting to see how he is after an Achilles and subsequent just, you know, collecting dust on the shelf. Um, I think Kawhi will be back. PG will be back healthy. John Wall, if he's healthy, uh, I think he's the perfect point guard for that system. I think in, in how they want to play. I think they've tried to plug guys in. Uh, Pat Bev, uh, Rondo, uh, Reggie Jackson, like they've tried to plug in different guys uh, in that in that role. John Wall, no disrespect to those guys, but if that dude's healthy, he's he's far and away the best player they could put at that position. And he's a guy that can set the table for everybody. He's a guy that can get his own. Uh, he's he's the fastest player I've ever seen live. Um, the very the first time the first time I saw Dirk Nowitzki play, it was against Washington. And this was probably the 2012 season and fastest player I've ever seen. He literally went between legs with a crossover and was like dunking, like in a blink of an eye. And I, I knew I wasn't tripping because everybody sitting around us at that game were like, wait, did I, did we just see that in, in real time? Like we were just looking at each other. Like he legit was just going between his legs for a crossover. And then he was at the rim trying to dunk. Like that's the kind of player John Wall is. And he's, he's had injuries. He's 31, but he's, he's been, he's been out of the game. So if he's able to come back and look like John Wall, the Clippers are scary. They were scary without him. Look, I gotta, I, I, I have to throw something in, not, not, not to shade uh, John Wall at all, but I have to quickly go back to the Brad Beal and Malcolm Brogdon thing. I was talking about earlier, dude, you ready for this? Go ahead. I, I, <laughs> go ahead. Look, I, I quickly went and looked it up just to make sure that I wasn't crazy. Check this out. Not only are they the same age, Bradley Beal just turned 29 on June 28th. Malcolm Brogdon is actually older. I'm a rookie of the year, Malcolm Brogdon. Rookie of the year, Malcolm Brogdon, is actually the older of the two, even though he didn't even come into the league until 2016. 
be. And, and this also is something that he should work into his future presidential campaign because he definitely I'm, I'm telling you. They didn't they don't call him president for nothing. I I think I think he should he should run for office after after the NBA. I mean he's all he's almost he's almost presidential uh uh eligible. What six yeah. more years? Doesn't take much longer. Yeah, because you only gotta be what 35? Yeah, so hopefully if we don't go to hell in the handbasket before then, then he might get a shot. I don't know. Too late. Oh, sorry. Right. But you know, um, you know, in talking with you know guys opting in, you know, getting bought out, going places, um, a hot button issue is probably the most uh, talked about thing in free agency right now is the Knicks' pursuit of Dallas Mavericks guard Jalen Brunson. Now, I'm going to let you take this one. Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, right now, uh, Jalen Brunson, uh, the news just that's come out this week, Jalen Brunson looks like he will be heading to the New York Knicks when free agency begins July 1st. Now, 6 p.m. Yeah, so, you know, Jalen, here's the situation as far as I understand it with JB and the Mavs. So um, Dallas could have offered him a four-year, $55 million extension. Now, this is the same extension they gave Dorian Finney-Smith uh, during the season. Um, but with JB, I think it was one of those deals where he was up for the extension. They didn't offer it. I think they wanted to see after JB struggled against the Clippers in the previous postseason. Um, I think they needed to see more from him before they were ready to commit. But I think they were kind of not all in on him. I think they still weren't sold. And so they didn't offer him the extension. They kind of, you know, let him play it out. And then the trade deadline comes, and I'm sure he was shocked uh, to see. Random random quick one for you. Um, I don't know. I think this might be the first year they've done it free agency actually does not start on july 1st they flipped it and it starts technically today um since it's after midnight of course um it starts okay. june 30th it starts at 6 p.m today on june 30th they're not waiting till july 1st anymore okay okay cool so um so we're, we're about to find out if if he actually will sign with New York or maybe another team, I've been hearing Miami has put out feelers for him as well, but, you know, just going back to what I was saying about JB, like they didn't offer him the extension, you know, he kind of was shopped around the deadline, see if they could add another star. We know, we know what Dallas did. They, they traded Christoph Porzingis for Spencer Dinwiddie, Davis Bertans um, and some other stuff. And, you know, in, in JB state, I mean, he, when they, when the when the COVID outbreak hit the league, like he, he carried Mavericks. I mean, he, he, he averaged 16 points, almost five assists, almost four rebounds this year. Uh, he shot 50% from the floor, 37% from the three point line, 84% from the foul line. Postseason dude was a monster. He started all 18 of the playoff games for the Mavericks. He averaged 21.6 points per game, almost five rebounds, almost four assists all but one game. So 17 of the 18 games he played in the postseason for Dallas, he had double figures in those games. And when I say that this dude proved his worth during the season from December 1st to January 17th, he had, he had double figures in 25 straight games. So Jalen Brunson, what I've learned about him ever since day one, like he was a winner in college. 
former national player of the year, two-time national champion at Villanova. Like, even though he was older than some of the dudes in his class, he's already 25 now, and it's his, it's his fourth year. Um, you know, his, his thing is he's always won. He's always found a way. He's always been that guy that, that's been a steady hand. He was a steady hand in college, and he won a lot, and he's, he's been a positive influence on the Mavericks. I think his ability to just be a winner and just be rock solid is one of the reasons that we're talking about him today in this conversation. So he broke out this year. Um, you know, he finally broke into the starting lineup in December. Uh, once Tim Hardaway Jr. got hurt, he, he stepped into a bigger role and he performed. And, you know, Dallas kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit. They didn't offer him the extension when they could have. Uh, I think given how he was playing, he was right to maybe say, you know, no, I want to, I want to kind of bet on myself and prove myself. And he definitely earned more than the four years in 55. I mean, that's a nice deal. Uh, but, you know, New York was hot on him during the, during the trade season and they're hot on him now. They're willing to offer him, you know, four years and a hundred or, you know, 110 I'm hearing even. And Dallas, I think, uh, came out today, they're going to make a five-year deal to him, similar to what Fred Van Vliet got around 85 million. I think they're they're will they have a number in mind uh, that they're willing to throw out there to try and retain him. But you know, all signs are pointing to him going to New York and who's cleared a lot of cap space to get him. So um, you know, with Jalen, man, you know, I as a fan of the Mavericks and a fan of his, man, it, it's I understand it's a business. I'm not going to be like like some fans I've seen where they're already trashing him for wanting to go to New York. But look, it there's the the plus side for him if he does go to New York is he he won't have to share the ball as much as far as the playmaking duties. He can be the primary playmaker. He's primary off top, and he he doesn't have to he doesn't have to be secondary to Luca. Which, given how Luca plays. You know, he has the ball in his hands a lot. His usage rate is really high. Like you're going to have to understand like, hey, yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to be I'm going to be camping out in the corner a lot. Um, Jalen still performed well because he's a winner. I think him going to New York can help change the culture there because he's a winning player. I think he'll ball out for New York if he goes there. Um, but it's a bigger opportunity. His dad just joined Tom Thibodeau's staff. Um he has a connection with Derrick Rose as a, as a, as a guy there, his hit the GM, I think for the Knicks, Leon Rose was his agent when he came into the league and his dad was the first player that Leon Rose represented. So those connections can't be understated. Like you look at that, like that connection there, that continuity with the guys that are there. um, I think a bigger role for him, and an opportunity to, to establish himself as one of the best young guards in the league. I think that that's what New York can offer him. Now, if he stays with Dallas, Dallas has a lot to offer there as well. They can say, look, we, we, we broke out. We made the Western conference finals. We're close and we want you in the fold. That's, that can be their pitch. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's Jalen Brunson. And the, the thing is with him, it's like, he's a six, one guard. I think what makes him so attractive is, like I said, he's rock solid. Uh, his shooting percentages are phenomenal. Uh, 
and is a six one guard who doesn't rely heavily on athleticism. If you can go out and shoot 50% from the floor and you've done that multiple times already in your career and just, and you, you're not a high turnover guy, like that's a winning player. And there's not too many six one guards that can shoot 50% from the floor. That's just it. And I think New York is, is smart to go after him, but they've cleared a lot of space. They better be sure that, you know, that this is the guy that they want for sure. No, but the thing, the thing when it comes to New York and Jalen is that New York right now doesn't have anything to lose. They're they're one, they're already in a position where they don't I feel like they don't even know what they're gunning for. Like they they don't know exactly what they want. They've already been shopping uh Julius Randle for the last two seasons after you convince him to take a pay cut. So you don't even believe that he can be that guy. RJ Barrett, as talented as he is, you haven't done anything to convince him that he's going to be that guy. And I think that the, the best thing about all of this and why I absolutely believe that in a few hours, we will be getting breaking news from either Shams or Woj that Jalen Brunson is going to New York. The reason I believe it is simply timing. There's Jalen Brunson a year ago, just like you said, you know, he was gunning for the money. They wanted to give him an extension for four and 55. He gambled on himself. And you look at what he did in the postseason this year, especially what he did when Luca went down, he earned more money. And Dallas is willing to give him the money which is respectable, but New York is willing to give him more. And like you said, with all of these connections that he has to New York, including, I, I believe they said at one point that his dad actually played under Thibodeau when Thibodeau was an assistant coach. I think it was in, I can't remember where it was, but. Um, Probably Chicago or somewhere. I, like I, yeah, I, yeah I, I believe it was Chicago. I think you're right. Um, but it just all these connections now, and, and we kind of talked about this earlier today. It's like after a while, I, some of these players, you know, of course, everybody comes to the NBA wanting a title, but a lot of them also want the legacy. And, and I think that the way that this story is being written right now for Jalen Brunson, it is absolutely perfect for him. Uh, he, he gets to go home. He gets to be with his dad. He gets to be with his family. He gets to play for a coach that's already familiar with his father. And the father is an assistant coach under the guy. Like he, everything is going into this. And on top of that, oh, you know, I can occasionally go and pick up a shovel and carry $110 million to the bank. I mean, it, it works out every possible way for him. And you bring him into this situation where you're like, hey, we're going to make you the guy. So not only am I getting paid to be in this situation, you're also still putting that responsibility on me to where now I have even more of a role. It's like in Dallas, you know, granted he was in a position, okay, Luke is out. You have to carry us. He's never been in a position where it's like, Hey, welcome to New York. This is you now. So I, I think that's something that 
might also come across as a challenge for NBA players now. And I think that's something that that can also carry him, you know, that that paycheck combined with being like, hey, now you're in this spot where this is you. You don't have a position to fall back once somebody else comes back and takes some of the pressure off you. No, this is you now. So I, I, I'm really anxious to see what happens. But at the end of the day, I really believe that, you know, like they say, free agency opens at 6 p.m. today. Six o'clock and about 37 seconds. We're going to get that alert from Woj and ESPN that he's agreeing to go to New York. And, and I'm not going to knock a guy uh, for wanting more for himself. And this is a situation with the Knicks where it's nothing new for him. I mean, let's be honest. The dude was a stud in high school. He was a stud in college. And he's proven to be a steady hand in the NBA and a productive player in the NBA. So him getting a chance to run a team is nothing new. I think him having a situation where he gets the keys, I think he's proven that he can handle that. And I want to see what he does when he's, when he, I'm going to see if he can, he can run the show as the playmaker. Um, I, Dallas is in a situation where, you know, they've been under the cap and they could go over the cap to sign him, but you also have to understand. And a lot of people I think do understand this is, is Jalen Brunson really worth 30 million a year? Like, is he in that same class as a Kyrie Irving or a James Harden or like Steph Curry and all that? Like, is he a max player? And I think for Dallas, he can't be that guy. It's unfortunate. I would love to keep him in the fold, but him, him being there and being Lucas, being the Robin, the Lucas Batman, like, it's a it's attractive and you can sell him on the winning, which that's not hard because Jalen all Jalen Brunson has done is win. So him going to New York, he gets a chance. If he if he indeed goes there, he gets a chance to run the show and bring a winning mentality at the point guard position. And that's something that they have struggled mightily to fill for the last, I don't know, probably since what, Mark Jackson? Yeah. No, no, and that and 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 it's funny you say, I mean, when we talk about max players, it's, it's another thing that I had brought up um, a while ago. I think it was earlier today when it comes to max players, it's like the one thing that determines a max player is having a team that's willing to pay you max money. So the fact that maybe Dallas doesn't want to give him four years and one ten doesn't mean that he's not a max player the the he same can be max for somebody yeah exactly. absolutely absolutely as long as you're max for somebody you're a max player anybody that garners a max contract is a max player if i don't get it with the team where i'm sitting right now so be it but again going back to you know kudos for him if i end up getting it somewhere else then I'm still at the end of the day, I'm still a max player in the national basketball association. So it doesn't matter where I get it. If I get it, it is what it is. And it could even come down to where it's a head scratching thing where like the former team is, you know, thinking what might've happened because 
I feel like even though I don't think that the Knicks are very savvy right now when it comes to making any sort of conscious decisions whatsoever, I don't think they're finished. So I I think that spending this kind of money on Jalen Brunson, I think it's only the beginning. There's something else that's going to happen in New York. There's something else that's going to happen at Madison. I think we're going to see some other changes and and there's going to be something else to where like once the, like once the season starts this fall, we're actually going to be looking at New York and we're not going to be laughing. And, and, you know, I, I think in order to, in order to, to, to get something, you got to give up something. And they were willing to say, look, Nerlens Noel, whoever, like, look, see you. Like, we want to open up some cap space and we want to be aggressive. Um, I think for them, it's a calculated move. They've wanted Jalen Brunson for a while. Uh, I think Detroit was also in that, which is funny because Detroit ended up getting, didn't they get Nerlens in the deal? So, so Detroit was somehow connected to this and they're, they're about to help facilitate this move for Jalen if he indeed goes there. And, you know, I, you, the, kudos to them for being aggressive and going after a player that they like. It, it's not a situation where, you know, they get draft picks and then they don't develop anybody and then they make a bunch of mismatched acquisitions that don't, you know, accentuate the talents they already have. Like last year's team, you know, they were, they were a tough defensive team. They didn't have a whole lot of offensive punch. Adding Jalen Brunson not only gives you a guy that's capable of, of scoring 20 a game, but he gives you a steady hand and a common presence at the point guard position. They need that desperately. Um, Derrick Rose being there, uh, I think they may have with Jalen Brunson and Derrick Rose if, if, if D. Rose is there. Like, you know, that's, that's a nice one-two uh, for the point guard spot. And if you're Dallas – you know, you're in a position now where, yeah, you might you might have you might have screwed yourself a little bit by not locking him up. But if you look at Dallas, they have the ability to make up for him, him leaving because they'll have Spencer Dinwiddie coming off, you know, a healthy offseason where he's not coming off an ACL injury. So I think he'll be better. He, he really helped them and was a key part in their run this year. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. will be back. Uh, that'll help make up for some of the stuff. I mean, he he was benched in favor of Jalen Brunson. So uh, those guys, I, I hear that they're they're looking to add Goran Dragic. Uh, Christian Wood is there now. So you can make up for the offensive things. Uh, Dragic will, will if, if they lock up Dragic, he'll give them some experience that they sorely lacked. Uh, and Dinwiddie can probably step into Brunson's role uh, just as well and and do he, they do a lot of the same thing so and he's a bigger guard I think Dallas definitely wanted to get bigger um, you know so him leaving I think he might have been the shortest guy in their rotation at 6'1 so uh, everybody else is is 6'4 six, six, and taller 6'5 and taller so um, for Dallas even though losing him sucks it's a business and they have the personnel finally where they can say well 
him leaving won't kill us. We can actually move some stuff around and make up for that. And and for New York, you get you get a player that you've coveted. So um, with that being said, I mean that that's pretty much that's pretty much what that's that's pretty much all we've we've touched on. I think we still got the rest of free agency. We got to talk about coaches coming up. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll say we'll that. save that. Yeah, we we've gotten kind of long. We'll we'll save that. We don't want to. <laughs> we don't want to wear them out but yeah we can we can hold the coaches off until the next one we we got we got a lot more to talk about i'm looking forward to it just because i love i love free agency season i love to see where everybody's going to end up who makes what yeah, moves definitely um, yeah so like uh so yeah. far we've gotten all this news and, and we've we've I, hope, I think we've touched on all of it um and i mean this is yeah and, and i mean the crazy thing is this is all, all the news that we've covered and i mean i haven't even looked at the clock yet but i'm sure we've gone over an hour but um just everything we've talked about so far is even before free agency officially starts so the next time we touch these mics it's gonna be crazy buckle up because it's about to get wild yeah, i'm sure <laughs> there's so much more ahead that we, oh, yeah. we are looking forward to breaking down for you guys. So yeah. um, you know the deal. If you've made it this far and uh, you guys, you guys, we, we really appreciate you. Um, thank you for listening to us. Uh, you can find us on Spotify and Anchor at the JWJ Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at the JWJ Podcast. You can also like us on Facebook at the JWJ Podcast. Uh, if you'd like to follow us personally, you can follow James at Title Towns Mayor. That's T-I-T-L-E-T-O-W-N-Z-M-A-Y-O-R. You can follow me, the mayor, Mr. Washington. You can follow me uh, at It's a Thomas Thing. Uh, You can follow me there on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, So, again, if you guys made it this far, thank you for listening to the JWJ podcast. James, send us on out of here, man. Listen, check it out. If you're still listening, like my boy said, we love you. We appreciate you. So thank you for another successful episode. We genuinely appreciate you. We thank all of you. And we are very thankful that you tuned in to J W J. Woo!